Here we are. What would have been a game recap pod has now become a coaching tenure recap pod. Like, is this, uh, this is happening. So this has happened in our lifetimes. This is the fourth time. Frank, Frank Solich. Billy C. Fifth time. Yeah. Billy C. Riley. Pliny. Yeah. Frost. This is our fifth in... Well, 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Five and 20. It's crazy. It's not five, five head coaches, five ADs in 20 years. And, and there's been so much talk about like, you Nebraska's got to get off this cycle of higher fire, higher fire, higher fire. But now Nebraska's back on that cycle. Full disclosure. So it is 3.53 PM on Sunday. We had a plan, right? Like I had a plan. I had the whole game recap all ready to go. Uh, and all of a sudden, boom, the news hits, frost fired, Trev's press conference. You and I just watched Trev's press conference. Yeah. And so he, here's kind of what I want to start with is like throw it all out the window. Just, let's well, like start. Let's, well, I yeah. think I, well, I just want everybody to like let's let's give each other some grace. Yeah. And uh, and just talk it out like how I feel now or my opinion on something now may be different that I may be like contradicting myself at the end of this podcast, like a lot, like everybody's opinion today should be written in pencil and not pen. Like it, it can yeah. alter, it can change. I think let's just work our way through how we feel right now, because I don't know. Did you, I mean, we'll get into what Trev said, but real quick, like, so when the game ends last night, historically bad game, 642 yeah. yards given up, most ever by an opponent in Memorial Stadium. Uh, did you, like, when you went to bed, did you think Frost could Frost is going to get fired on Sunday? I Zero percent. There, In my mind, I never even, um, I never even got, like, it never got to that point in my head. Like, I just assumed there's this, you know, the October one thing. The October yeah. one thing was like, I was, I, it was hard for me to think. Well, we're going to make a decision and and be willing to write a seven million dollar check when we could wait a month and not have to. You know, like yep. that's a big statement that I did not expect Trev and and right. the administration to be wanting to take. So I I was shocked when text started flowing in about noon today, and yeah. I, I went, I went, hold on, what? And so I don't know if, I mean, if, if I missed something, because I read uh, Mitch Sherman's article last night, he wrote, and he said, it's the end. Like some, like the, some of the writers wrote like, this is the end. Well, but like, I didn't think it was the end yet. Well, I, that's the thing is, I think if I'm being real honest now, what's hard was we were going to preview this Oklahoma game. And I was like, this is the opportunity to flip it, to change it. Like yes. he has yes. to win this game to save his job. But I think overall, there's a difference between thinking last night. The it, I thought it was over last night, but that doesn't mean I thought he was going to get fired on Sunday. No. This entire time, I thought because of that October one date and because of some other things, I thought if there's going to be a change in the middle of the season, it was going to be in the middle of the season. Yes. And yep. so before we get to Trev's comments, like, again, give me grace, people. I'm just walking myself <laughs> through this here. Um, my first thought was. And this is, again, this is coming from a guy that, like, I wanted it to work with Frost. Yeah. yeah. My first thought was, why bring Frost back to just fire him three games into the season? Because he wanted it to work. Like you don't bring him back um, 
but he didn't give it a, in my opinion, that this is what I'm getting at. Like you could make a case. And in fact, I think I could, I could make the case right now. I don't think he ever gave, did, did Trev give this revamp situation a chance for it yes. to work? Yes. Cause you think he did because he, because he got to be the coach this off season and Trev looked at the schedule, right? Yeah. Oklahoma's game four, three games. You really should win. We've never had three wins in a row under frost. Okay. Um, you got Whipple, you got Mick, you got the new offensive staff, you got some new players. Like the offense last night looked decent, right? Right. Who, I don't think anybody expected our defense though to be that bad. So, so Trev says, I'm going to give you the start of the season thinking that you might win the first three with a lot of juice going into Oklahoma. And then if you beat Oklahoma, it's all turned around. So, like the decision wasn't made. And you could tell by what Trev said, right? I take him for his, at his word, like, he did not expect this not to work. He yeah, thought it was going to work. I, let me hear. I'm not trying to say that he was disingenuous with what he was trying yeah. to do. I guess for me, I'm sitting here and I'm just playing devil's advocate of like, why? Because the big question is, I think it might have been the first question he got asked was like, why now? Like, why make this decision now? And one of the first things I thought when the decision came down, it's not that I don't agree with it. You know, like I think at this point, whatever it is, 16 and 31, four straight losing seasons, staring down the barrel of another losing season. You just had one of the worst, if not the worst home losses in program history. Yep. Like, I'm, I think there's obviously a pretty easy case to be made that like you needed to part ways with Frost. I guess for me, like if you were going to. It's just it's just interesting to me to make all these changes, bring them back for a year five and basically say you got three games to prove to me that this brand new situation is working. And if it's not, you're done. So, like I said, I, I'm I was on board with giving him the me opportunity. Too. And, you know, we've been a, we've been supporters of like, hey, like, let's take it. Right. And, and I think tr to give Trev credit, though, he gave him that extra year and a half to sort of like every opportunity to make it work. Right. Um but right now, the only reason really now that you look at it to get through most of the year, if it's more about money and Trev's saying it's not really just about money. It's right. about I think he heard he's hearing the fans. Yeah. And I, I, I think I mentioned something about this last week, but like the hearts and minds of Husker Nation, like if more people want to see him go than less, like that's a part of this decision. And I think that finally flipped where if you pulled Husker Nation, more people didn't have confidence in Frost specifically. That played the, the part of him saying, like, we're going to write the check. Even though it's like it's not a good financial decision, for, for Trev, it became like, I don't think the fans can take the collateral yeah. damage done to the fan base or to the hearts and the minds, as you say, like yeah. maybe it's, it's, it's too much if you, if you would have continued this thing. And yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know, I think one of the things with last, I will say last night felt different. Like there was, there always was a way and we've done it for four years. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We've done these game recap putts. We've done it for four years where there always was a way to somewhat explain the loss or sometimes the loss was just so inexplicable that that was the reason, right? Yeah. There always was this like, well, you know, they shot themselves in the foot. They beat themselves, yada, yada, yada. Last night felt like, you know, we talked about like how 
the way the Frost era has gone has made me rethink what I know about football because it seems like Nebraska, like we more often than not, you walk away and go, how did they lose that game? Yeah. Last night was the first game to me that it felt like it felt like a like an ass kicking. Like we like played Georgia well. Southern got, yeah. <laughs> got came in here and kicked Nebraska's ass. There's no explaining that away. There's yeah. no, well, if this and if we that. played excellent on offense in a lot of ways yeah. to stay in the game. Right. That's how bad they whomped us, uh, like our defense. Like, and I think that was, I, like I always said, like, if you play good defense and you're tough, guys like Trev, Nebraska fans, stick by you longer like but when you don't play good defense there is something to that that it's like it's the pride the pride then goes like it falls away for us right and so to me like you're we're always better off <laughs> like giving more chances when it's like the offense just does one little thing and can't do it but we're playing good defense the black shirts look tough like when the black shirts are giving up 600 yards and like they're this, you know, Sunbelt team is just picking on us. Essentially, yeah. that is where people, I think, just go, well, it's unacceptable. Yeah, I think Trev, I think I think what Trev wanted more than anything was it for for it to be obvious it being the decision. Yes. And I think and I will defend Trev in this regard. I don't know if it was totally obvious at the end of last year. Even though they went three and nine, I don't know if it was totally obvious. And here's the way, here's the probably the way to to say that Trev made the right decision. If Trev would have made the decision to fire Frost at the end of last year, there would have been, I think, a pretty good amount of people that wouldn't have liked the decision. Yes. Now, granted, this yep. decision is only four or five hours old. I'm yet to talk to or see any tweet or read anything or infer anything or hear anything from anyone that disagrees with this decision. Because a lot has happened in three weeks. Yes. Nick, in three weeks, the hearts and minds have changed. Like, the, the hanger on, let's say it's you're pulling the husband. Undecided nation. voters. The undecided voters right. that were, let's say 60% to 70% right. said, let's, we want to stick with right. Frost. It was probably after the end of last year, most people said, let's learn from our mistakes. We don't fire coaches until we absolutely have given them enough time. And it wasn't until basically Northwestern, North Dakota, and then the final straw is Georgia Southern, where I think those. Those kind of people in the middle, they they've gone to like this isn't working, and so the majority of Husker Nation, I don't think, was on that's what keep Frost right. bandwagon. That, that's what's hard, and and we do this thing where we separate the team, the defense, the offense. Like it's like well, it's like we're assessing two things. It's like it's a team, it and is, what's yeah. what's hard is like I do think the there is is the offense better than it was last year. I think it is. They look better to they me. They look better, but. That doesn't matter because you're looking at the totality of the team and the thing Trev has said all the time, and I even dubbed this this uh, this comment early on in Frost's tenure, where I just want to see progress through the process. Yeah, and Trev has kind of said as much, where it's like we just got to see some incremental progress. And I think the thing of where it changed the hearts and the minds of people is not only did you not see any progress in these first three games, you saw regression. Yeah. In fact, you I'm not so sure this team isn't the worst iteration of 
Frost tenure here so far. Like if you take this team so far and match them up against any team in the Frost era, I don't know. This defense is like historically feel historically bad right now. We're we're playing really bad football on defense right now. It's Um, bad. I so. So I guess as I again I told you I was going to talk it out like as much as I don't understand the decision I do understand the decision and that's what like if you just zoom the, out I think the timing is surprising though. is that I fair just, I think it's, it's very surprising I think everybody's got this October one date in their head where it was like nothing's happening until October one nothing's happening until October one nothing's happening until October one and so you just weren't like you got caught with your pants down because here's but here's why right like the big deal was like we restructured his contract. Yes for this October one, like the whole buyout thing was for this like situation. Like if it's not working and October one comes, then we, you save us money. Right. And we're 20 days away. Right. <laughs> you know, like we're right. 20 days. We're 20 days away. Yeah. Nick. And that's so where I think I'm we like, thought he was going to go to October one. You know what I mean? Yeah, like to me, that to was like one was it's almost like an American Idol, and and you know they're like, "Hey, doing my name's Nick. I'm going to sing." Mary had a little lamb, and they're like, "All right, go ahead." And you're like, "Mary had," and they're like, "Nope, I'm done. It's a no for me. You're dreadful. You're terrible." I usually it's like, let you get through. Little I usually lamb, let you get through at least the first chorus, but you de- like they didn't even let Frost get through the first chorus. Or the first, like, uh, so I think that's your point is true. Like, I thought the the audition time yeah. was till October one. I I Nick, that's why I was shocked. I was sitting there looking at my phone. I was shocked. Right. I didn't. It, I just never crossed my mind that with the October one with Oklahoma coming. Uh, I think my wife might ask me like, "Is are they gonna?" I'm like, "No, no." I mean, they're they're getting through October and maybe a game or two, like depending on like what happens with. Indiana yeah. Rutgers. Like I, I kind of had that in my head. So did I. And you know, I was thinking, all right, then it basically is a four game audition. Like if yep. he can win three of four, starting with Oklahoma or four or four, like he probably keeps his job. But if he goes two and like, then he's done. Like I kind of had that in my head, but man, I didn't see this. I didn't. That's what's um, so hard. It's like, I didn't see it coming because of the, the details surrounding the situation. But if you're just looking at the situation for what it is, then it's understandable if you're if you're just removing everything else and assessing a football coach and a football program, it's it's completely understandable why you make this decision right well, now. Well, and and think about this: like if this was three or four years ago, I don't think it happens like this. I think with the new era of early signing day with NIL, um, time is a big big factor so if you get a coach in november let's say he can hit the the road recruiting for a month and a half Mm -hmm. you can you know salvage the recruits you want and the ones you lose you can go find replacements but the portal is the other part too like you can you can get the coach you want easier you can get the assistance you want easier and you can get the portal in the early signing guys so there are some benefits i mean there I think he mentioned, or I don't know, I saw this somewhere, but like there's a few teams last year that did that, like Texas Tech, wow. USC, like the and, guy that beat Nebraska, Clay Helton, got fired yeah, two games in last two year. Two games in, and he got he got ran. So that is a trend that these ads now. I think it it makes sense that they go look. We get an advantage if we're if this is going to happen anyway. To Trev, it's worth seven million for the right. fans 
and for the process to get started now. And this is the part that maybe we'll get into a little bit, a little bit later is that Mickey Joseph is a candidate mm-hmm. and Trev said, I want to give these players a chance. So there's a sense maybe that with Mickey, this is his audition. Mm-hmm. He's got an audition. The players, I think, have responded to him so far. Like, this is his nine-game audition. Um, and I think the more audition you can give somebody, the better chance that they can have with it. So, I mean, I'm going, this is, I mean, we just found this out. So mm-hmm. I know nothing about what Mickey Joseph's plan is. I know nothing about the situation behind Mickey Joseph. I don't know if they're, like, if he's a strong candidate, but Trev admitted he's like, he's a can- they're going to consider gonna, him. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I'd love to see Mickey like prove himself on this. Yeah. So like they're giving this guy kind of a little bit of a shot, but they're still doing a national search, which means like the best coach they're going to take, but Mickey has a real shot now because he's got more games. So he has more time to sort of build. Sure. Yeah. So if he can build something that, that works and win some games, that'll be a good audition for him. So I don't know, but I just think, man, there's a lot going on right now. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Do you, okay, do we want to stick on, do we want to stick on like the frost and and kind of trying to provide perspective on that and the fact that it didn't work, or do we want to go to what Trev had to say? Um, I think we go with what Trev had to say. I mean, okay. we've been over the frost a lot, so we can get back to, but I think what the Trev press conference, that's the big yeah, thing. So, Trev, so again, it's now it's 410, and Trev took the podium at 3 o'clock, so yeah. this was an hour, 70 minutes ago. I took just a, a, a few notes. Trev started out talking about, you know, there's got to be accountability. Six, a record of 16 and 31 is not acceptable. Um, he called Frost in at about 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Uh, I thought it was it was nice that Trev went down with Frost and gave Frost the opportunity to address the team. Uh, Trev addressed the team. And then Mickey Joseph, obviously you've said he's going to be the interim coach, and Mickey was able to address the team. Uh, I thought it was – it. Uh, there are a couple things other, that, that stood out. He talked about it's going to be a national search. I like how Trev, Trev – he was really good in the press conference like he always is. Nick, right now, let me tell you one thing. We know we got one person that's the right person for the job. Trev Alberts has been freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Like, even that press conference, that's a, such a hard delivery, 
and he knocked it out of the park. The right tone. The right tone. Because he started thanking Frost, and that's and it was sincere and genuine. But then there also was a matter of fact of like why we're all here. He, he and like we weren't account. It's not accountable, right? He, like, he seemed cool too. It wasn't like it was like huh. Yeah. And huh. then and then with why did I, I don't remember. Uh, oh God, I oh, forgot God. why. A pin. A pin. <laughs> Steve Simple pin. Oh uh, shoot. Does anybody want to work for me? We're looking for the best candidate. Thank you. Like there was not that. Yeah, and he (laughs) he he was pretty cool up there. And and he this is the part too. Like he was respectful of Frost. Like that's it. Yeah, he's like, look, Frost won this. He's a he's a Husker. Like he wanted this more than anybody. He like I think it's like important that like people don't need like there's no reason to trash Frost because Frost is a Husker. Like he's one of us and he wanted and as he much wanted as every it to Husker. Win. He wanted it. He wanted it to work. Like, it just didn't work. It's bizarre how it just didn't work. Right. Um, and we, we'll, you know, down the road, I think get yeah. into like, you know, maybe some of the reasons why it didn't um, as we always do. But like, man, I just think like it, he's a guy like you don't, there's no reason to trash him because he's done a good job of like representing the, the, the university. Like he hasn't, you know, been a jerk or done anything besides be just a good guy and like look after the kids and so you got to like respect the frost for what he did and what he was trying to do but man it was just like bizarrely just didn't freaking happen no well okay so one thing i like that trev did was he 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 got out ahead of things of saying like okay over the next he basically was like okay people over the next couple of months the rumor mill is going to be crazy if you hear trev alberts reached out to xyz coach guess what it's probably true but that doesn't mean that i'm necessarily trying to hire xyz coach or i've even offered the job to xyz coach yeah. he basically said like i have my list that i have admired from afar but i want to try to cast a big net of absorbing as much information as possible so I can make the best decision as possible to hire the next coach, which is just such a smart thing. Like see how smart he is though. Right. Like you're going to hear a bunch of rumors. Calm down about it. But okay. See, this is what happens in these moments. Cause I've, you know, we've seen a few of these, like, you know, they're going to get Houston nut and then, you know, they oh, find yeah. out and then, you know, the other, then the people are trying to resign Houston. Like these are the, the crazy things happen because it gets very dramatic and he's sort of squashing the drama right before people can create the drama and like that's what you got to do is like hey i've seen this dog and pony show happen before like we're going to keep the dogs in the kennels by the way do you remember when which was it sam or cody that got it your you guys got a brand new kennel your dog growing up it was i thought it was sam and remember they built the kennel outside and you and I, I spent the night and our plan was to sleep in the kennel. <laughs> Why do we want to do that? I mean, you're like eight and you're like, let's sleep in the kennel. We we got in there and we were like this. <laughs> you don't remember this? I don't remember doing oh, yeah. that. You know the kennel, not the oh, one yeah. where like the Dutch igloo. was at, the, the one igloo. outside. Yeah. We wanted to sleep. In we the were kennel. like, we are sleeping in this kennel. Well, it's not the worst. When you're idea. little, you're obsessed yeah. with like the idea of a fort and all that Forts stuff. Forts are cool. It, if it's yeah. some, I mean, I'm thinking it was like the winter. Like, this is a real bad idea. I don't know what time of year it was, but whatever it was, it lasted about five seconds. Okay. Good. Sorry for the tangent there. He he was asked a couple of things. I can't believe I got to this. The buyout. We've hinted at it, but one of the first questions he asked was what we're talking about. Hey, the buyout's 15 million on October 1st. Wow. It went down to seven and a half million. Did you guys, you know, negotiate a settlement? For the buyout. And Frost said, no. 
No negotiated settlement at Nebraska. We honor contracts. The contract was what it was, which means Scott Frost is going to be owed $15 million when, like you said, it's it's could have been in seven, 20 yeah. days, it could have been seven and a half million. That's such a such a significant amount of money. Right. For such a short amount of time to wait. But like you said, it's what Trev indicated is that what's happening is bigger than that money, which is like for some people are gonna go seven million. And I, I would say that's a lot of money, right? It is a lot of money. But like, what's the value? Like Nebraska football is worth in this one day home game. It, yeah, I mean, I'm Do talking the math on one home game. Like billions is a billion dollar yeah. industry in our state. So like seven million is a lot of money in the big scheme of things with finding the right next coach, um, you know, appeasing the fans that have sort of lost faith. Like this is this stuff. It might be worth that. Right. So right. like, it seems kind of crazy when you're just looking at dollars and cents. And that's why I didn't expect it. But the more I thought about it, I'm gonna go, okay, hearts and minds, coaching search, given Mickey and the players every chance. Well, that's what he said. Turn this around. Like that's a, I never thought about it like that, but it's because that's what he said. Because I said, "Why now?" And he said, "We owe." He, he said this a lot. We owe it to the players yeah. to give them. He said, "We owe it to the players." I'm paraphrasing, but I kind of was taking notes. But he said, uh, "We owe it to the players to give them a different voice, a different vision, and confidence, and an opportunity." He kept on saying, "We got nine games left. Yeah. We needed to do something. We needed to inject something new, something different." Which yeah. is like. It's understandable. Like, I suppose it's it's what's hard is like Frost never seemed like um, somebody who had lost his team. Right. It That's never I, had seemed like that to me. It never seemed like he'd lost the guys. He was definitely kind of losing some of the, the fans. It never felt like he lost the guys. But I'll say this, like when you're not winning, sometimes you do need a different set of eyes. Sometimes you do need a different voice. Uh, to shake things up. And I'm very curious because Mickey has not spoken yet, right? He has not, but Trev hinted at some structural yeah, changes. He said Mickey was going to, um, that, that he was going to make some, he, he was going to be given the like full reign to, to run the program as he see fit. And Trev kind of hinted at these, these big changes that were going to get made yeah. with some structural changes. So now, I, he said, I, no, not, it's, he didn't sound like it was, Changes in person, a coaching no, person. because he because he was asked about that. Has anyone else been let yeah. go? And and Trev said no, but also said, but Mickey's in charge. So, but I just don't know what that even. I don't. I don't know what uh, that would it would I mean. mean. I'd be very like practice. So like, okay, this is how we're going to practice now. Like, right. This is how Co Coach Frost wanted it. This is how he did meetings. This is how I want to do stuff. Like, I want stuff to be like this. We're going to practice longer. Or right. We're going to do you know like whatever he. Like Mickey's been around the block. I'll give him that. Like he's been, he's coached a lot of places, played a lot of football. Um, he he probably has come from systems that he might feel like he's seen work better or something, right? Because Frost is very like it is the Oregon model that you know. I I do love the like the Fast Friday thing, um, but maybe Mickey's like, no, nah, we don't do that. We do this, yeah. and. Or maybe it's like, we don't tackle well, so guess what? We're going to do live tackling every day. Or right. we're going to do, like, you name it. Like, sometimes a shakeup and a change of, you know, you know, attitude and a change of just like, hey, we're trying some new things. 
that in itself can be a spark. You just got to change things. And if it works, then all of a sudden you're seeing things work and maybe it builds confidence. So right now we just have lack confidence to like get some momentum and get some wins. That's right. I was, I was a little torn when it first happened. Like, is this, is this the best, is this move actually give this season the best chance to work? And I was a little torn on that initially, but I think I was so, I was so clouded by the elephant in the room being frost and him saving his job that everything I was thinking about this season was through that prism. And maybe when you remove like when you remove that cloud and you remove the elephant in the room, maybe there's an argument to be made that everybody else can kind of breathe a little bit. But at the same time, now the chance that Mickey ends up being the guy is maybe enough of like a dangling of a carrot to get everything, keeping it together. But my concern was like, okay, if a lot of this staff knows they're going to be gone and because of the transfer portal, if a lot of this, the you, there might be a bunch of dudes right now that are in their dorm. Like after this year, I am gone. Okay. And if you already have one foot out the door in any way, football's not going to work. So that's why I was like, I'm not sure where I fall. That Here's what's tough is I've, I've been on a, a team that fell apart. Bill Callahan's last year was 2007. My, yeah, that was my last. That's my senior year, and um, I got hurt about m- towards more towards the end of the season, and I was out. We got smacked by Kansas, and yeah, and Steve Pearson gets fired, or he got fired after Oklahoma State. Yep, and then To comes in, and the writing's on the wall. Like they all knew, the coaching staff all knew it was over, and you could feel it. I mean. Uh, those the great guys, I love them, but like they're humans, they're people, and they are thinking about their families, yes. their houses, their life. It's changed, and they knew they were out. They didn't. They didn't think, "Hey, I might have a chance to keep my." They were all gone, and they right. knew it. And the last two games of the year, I mean, it was painful to watch. It was painful to watch coaches that are coaching, knowing that they don't have hope, and then some players checked out, and that was disheartening for me because I was, you know. I'm sitting there trying to come back and I'm I'm it was just really hard to watch that sort of thing happen. Um it was painful. It really was. So I do think this gives them a chance to uh this season at least to get some excitement and do do some maybe, things but I, like maybe I'm just a, I'm I not think, sure again give me grace people. I'm trying to figure out where I land on these certain I don't things. Know. I'm I mean, not sure. Like if someone goes, Nick, do you think firing frost and making Mickey, the interim head coach gives, gives this season and this team right now, the best chance to have success. I am not sure where so I fall. Here, on here's that. where I might, here's what I would say with that. If this was last year's coaching staff, it gives us a worse chance for sure. Okay. Cause frost called the place. He was yeah. the offensive court. Right. Right. This year, Frost isn't calling the place. Yes. Mark I mean, Whipple is calling, calling the place. Right. And Frost is now the CEO overseer. Um, and I just like, he wasn't necessarily even comfortable with that yet. I think it was pretty clear. He wasn't. That's what I'm saying. So he seemed very uncomfortable in the new role he was at, but he relinquished his play calling duties. Right. So last year would have been a way bigger hurdle to climb with no frost this year because Whipple's in new offensive staff like it's sort of it, it's it's still it's still frost ship in a lot of ways but 
it's less so because he didn't I, have his okay total grip on the plate. You're, you're, right? Okay, because you're, you're, what you're saying is true, and there are two different arguments to be had about this conversation. You're getting at it from the standpoint of like the ins and outs of the daily duties of things. I don't think there's any question that Frost being gone isn't both coordinators are still in place like yeah. everything and even mickey sliding over to be the head coach isn't impacting either coordinator yeah so th so in that way it's good my point is that when the head coach is gone and there becomes that uncertainty permeating throughout the locker room and in the coaching offices yeah. of am i going to be here next year yeah how does that manifest itself into the team? That's where, so do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think yep. does I get this, the way this, the coaching staff is structured frost being removed. Doesn't necessarily torpedo the game day operations or even the week, the weekday yeah. operations where I'm more getting at is the mentality of does Mike Dawson, D Donnie Riola, uh, you know, Brian Applewhite to Barrett Rude to Travis Fisher to Bill Bush are all these guys going like, I'm not going to be here next year. I mean, th there's no doubt. Like, there's no doubt every coach is, is having the, oh my gosh, my what is going to happen my in life a couple of months. Be? But he, I also listened to Trev and he said, this is an opportunity. Yes. Like, he's giving For Mickey, Mickey an yes. opportunity. So that's right. That, I think that's what's so huge. Mickey's got an opportunity. I would say there's a good chance the coaches that are here with Mickey have an opportunity as well. Like it's sort of an audition for everybody right. to keep their job. That's why it had to be Trev. I was interested how he would, I figured he'd say, yes, I'm considering Mickey, but I think it was vital that he say that to keep everybody. a If, if Trev today, if someone would have said, is Mickey a candidate, he would have said, if he would have said, no, we're going to be taking a national search. Yeah. Then I think it would have been a disaster because now everybody's like, well, well, and, and I said, th I think Mickey's a great guy for this role in the sense of like people, res the, the kids respect Mickey. Like he's a Husker. Mickey Joseph is a yes. freaking Husker, right? He's a Husker. Like I remember Mickey Joseph when I was like six years old, I was like, that's the one name I remember from like the early nineties teams, like Mickey Joseph. Right. I knew that name. Um, and so like Mickey Joseph is a Husker. He's got total cred with the kids, the young kids today. I mean, come from LSU and winning and yeah. being the great recruiter that he is. Um, and he's just like a guy that commands their respect. Like that part of it is a good starting point to be like, okay, we're going to see what happens here. So I don't know what's going to happen with Mickey. I don't know how he's going to be as a head coach in this role or if that's fair to be like, this is how we're going to judge you. Right. But like he's getting a chance. Right. And it gives the coaches a chance and it gives the players that are going to maybe, you know, you when you're a locker room, you're not going to be like, ah, this year's over. They're going to be like, well, let's just rally. They're going to try to find a reason to rally, right? Because right. that's what you do when you're on the team. Let's hope so. You know? I hope so. Not everybody not does everybody. it. Not, not there's every some team people, does it. Right. They're, they're, they, but, there's some people that could throw in the towel here. I don't. Oh, yeah. I hope that that's not the case. But I think Mickey's a guy that is a. It's a smart guy. It's like it could have been. It was hammer whip. Yeah. I think this is the right move right now. I do too, because even Trev even like hinted at it with like whip. There are a lot of duties that yeah. come with being a head coach that Trev kind of said, we don't want whip thinking about that stuff or dealing with that stuff. We need him to focus on coordinating the offense. 
Yeah. And so. And, and Whip's it, been a head coach. So right. like that says a lot where it's like Whip's been a head coach. It might have been like a, well, since he's been a head coach, yes. he gets. But they said, no, Mickey's the, the right fit for this moment, for this situation. He's a better fit, and Whip can st- stick to just play, call and play. So I don't know if Whip wants to be a head coach again or wants to be a coordinator, but yeah, I think it makes sense for this moment to have Mickey there. Yes, I agree. But it'll be interesting to see. I think that we just had a good discussion on, like, is this going to ha- is it give this season the best chance? Depends, you know? Yeah. Like, I-, I could see why you would need an injection of something new and something different because um, certainly things feel like they're not going in the right direction. Uh Anything I'm trying to, I'm just going through what I wrote down during the press conference. So, what, uh, salary be competitive. Well, go ahead. What do you got? So, this is one of the things Trev said that I found like, I go, Oh, I like. So, he, and this is where Trev is hitting out of the park. He says, We need to find what our values are and then hire somebody that fits with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've ever heard an AD speak like that. We, as the University right. of Nebraska, need to define this. Mm hmm. And that tells me that maybe we haven't uh, thought it out enough. Like, here's what we stand for. Here's what you got to have to win here. So he's trying to, he knows, I think, some of those things. But like he said, he's trying to find, like, what is it that we need to win here? Besides just defining our values, like, what else do we need to win here specifically? And he's going to reach out to all these different people and he's going to be like, okay, this is what you got to have to win here, right? Because we clearly there's something that's been missing. You can, I mean, you can win it like you can win at Iowa State, and you can win at Michigan State, and you can win at Iowa. You can win here. Mm-hmm. You can. We just got to find the thing, the ingredient that it, that we've been missing, like whether it's recruiting, whether it's you know details whatever like we got to find that thing and bring in somebody that you know like knows what it's about here too right i mean because he even talked about we're not gonna someone even asked what are our expectations for the program moving forward he was like he basically said we don't even everybody needs to stop focusing on championships even talking about championships we need to become process oriented yeah. and 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 focus on that before we even think about anything else uh yeah, yeah. You know, he talked about how the qualities he looks for in a coach. He talked about character. He talked about managing people, culture builders, grinders. He talked about that. He said a lot of good coaches don't have a lot of other hobbies other than what they're doing. Being able to connect with young people, leadership. Uh, he talked about how he likes people who hate to lose more than love to win. He then made it clear that he's not talking about frost here. He's just talking about the qualities that he's looking for in a coach. And he he also talked about with like the people that he's going to be looking for. He he's not trying to quote win the press conference like it's going to be someone that he thinks fit those like what yes. who we are what is the values and then go from whether there. it's a big name or not a big name it doesn't like it doesn't matter like it's just got to be the right person it's got to be the right person that can get us wins like it's got to be about that right and it's going to be this is going to be a <sighs> interesting couple months. I mean, and what a what a first game to start. We get Oklahoma the first game, you know, big the Fox, you know, big noon game. It's like, "Oh my I god." Know. There's so what? much there's so much that comes with that that I want to get into in a little oh, bit because geez. it's it's 
it is pretty amazing how this is all the timing of all this stuff. I don't even want to do tipsy predictions during the, our wine. Oh, God. We're doing yeah. the, yeah, we'll be doing the right. wine we pod the, later today. <laughs> waiting for us right over yeah, here. Tipsy predictions. I'm like, I don't even want to think about Full disclosure, that. people, we're, do, we're, you, you were, we're recording this. We're going to then record the wine pod. You're going to New York for the whole week. So we're, we're just not, knocking it all out right you now. You know what? People are going to want more content about or, this. Because yeah. like, well, that's what's hard. It's like, okay, the Georgia Southern game. Like, this is supposed to be the game recap. Like, all, given what has happened, it feels stupid to even recap anything that <laughs> well, happened maybe, with us. Maybe later we could talk. I think it was kind of an amazing well, it's, game. I in guess a lot to of me, ways, it's but- amazing with that game. The final, uh, the final three drives were amazing. Four. Really. Yeah. I mean, you have Van Trees, who looked like. John Elway and Tom Brady went into a lab and they grew of Kyle Van Trees last night. I mean, he was awesome. Yeah, last he was night. throwing darts. But so Van Trees throws an interception when it looks like they're going to go score to yeah. seal the game up 38 35. Gets hit as he throws. Then Nebraska has a nine, a 15 play 98 yard drive. In this 98-yard drive, there are two huge reviews that both go Nebraska's way. By the way, I thought they were both the right calls. They went our way. So that's what so you're like, oh, my God. As those things are happening, you're going, is Nebraska, after literally having the worst defensive performance maybe ever, it's on the short list. Yeah. Are they going to get away with a win? They punch it in, and then... John Elway, Tom Brady Jr., Van Trees marches him down the field. They convert a fourth and two on a slant to that was a great catch. Yeah. Uh I thought Tommy Hill could have intercepted a pass that would and have sealed Garrett the game. Nel- and Garrett and Nelson. Garrett Nelson. And then a theme throughout the night, it seemed like Nebraska was getting schooled, schemed. The game winner motion. Out, it looked like Hausman vacated with him, and you run a QB draw, and Van Trees, who's not really fleet of foot, scores. Yeah, it, it was so. I, I, you know, I watched from home, and you know, by the way, what happened in the first quarter? <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily I had FS two, so I was able to watch it. Oh, FS two showed it. Yeah, yeah. See, well, I st- I started late because I, I was on dad duty, so I'm like, oh, I yeah. tape it. Oh, so you it's missed one of those. So at what I point did you the start? Whole first quarter. Oh, Jesus. It was bad. It was 14-7 when I got when I uh, when it came back. It was Texas really bad. Tech and Houston yeah, went, went for forever. double overtime, yeah, yeah. and I'm so like, guys, wrap it up. And so I was just dying when that happened. So I'm trying to catch up, and uh, you know, and I'm phones off. But anyway, so but I'm like, I'm watching this game close. I'm rewinding. I'm doing the whole thing, and it was like it became clear like they're picking on us. Like it wasn't like a chess match. It was like we know what you're doing. And they kept running the same, you know, handful of plays. Right. Like the, the the tunnel screen, the motion out, run the slant. They did that like what five times? And it or looked 10 times? like it looked like they were in, you know, night pride, but it looked like they were picking on Isaac Gifford. Gifford oh. and Tommy Hill got got a workout. And then you know what they and this is the other thing they did where it's like, we know when you're in uh you know, seven in the box or eight in the box. And if you got seven in the box, guess what we're doing? Or six in the box, we're running it, and we're going to make that that safety there tackle. And we couldn't tackle, right. right? Or like we just didn't have a sense. Like our defense, what I was really disappointed in is like we didn't have a sense of like, okay, here's what they did. They got us. Yes. Let's adjust, and then let's have some instincts to be like, well, guess what? Now's where they're going to try to do it again. Like they were doing the it, same things. And as a player, I always took pride in like, 
you can get me once on some trickery, but like you never get me again on it again. And they were doing it multiple times. And that's what frustrates me. Like if I'm calling it out, like if I'm calling out slant, yes. like Tommy Hill should be thinking, here it comes. Right. Like Tommy should be on that. Like you shouldn't be telling, like that's the instincts that I was really disappointed. We didn't sort of like, well, get, you know, I- one of the things, and I guess we're not getting into the game a little bit, but one of the things, and this is more of a big picture thing, that maybe this is something that Mickey will change. Color me shocked, tongue-in-cheek. If you never fucking tackle in practice, it stands to reason that you're never going to be good tackling in a game. It seems like they spent the whole spring not tackling. Here comes the spring game. They're not tackling. You hear these things about in fall camp, how they didn't tackle. And, oh, well, here comes the first three games of the season. This is the worst tackling team maybe I've seen. And this includes, like, Riley's teams. I mean, it is embarrassing watching guys like Buford or Miles Farmer and some of these guys try to come downhill and tackle in the – in open space like the whole thing of like well what happened it's like oh i don't know maybe if you don't tackle ever in practice you are not going to tackle in a game it's it goes where it's like everybody yeah. could have rolled their eyes and stuff like it never sat well with me in the spring game of not ta- like what do you got like it's though here's the thing is like we tackled well last year i thought for the most part and to me it's like sometimes you can get you can like what's the what's the term where you get complacent? Well, you get lulled into a false sense of security. That, like, well, now we're good tacklers, so we don't want injuries. That's a big deal, right? I get it. Right. But like you, this isn't the same team. No. And like you're not in the NFL yet. That's what I'm saying. You're so not like, Aaron Donald. You know, like there's a part of me that's like, it's it's everybody's always so worried about, you know, like, oh, we want to keep them fresh. We want to do like I and I get that, but like you usually got to be good first before I give you the and like, I trust you. Like I agree. You, gotta you either got to be a pro good and win. And then we go, all right, guys, we're going to not, we're going to take the pads off this week. Cause you just won four in a row and you're right. tough. I want to get your bodies back. Like that is a thing. It's like, it's almost earned. Like you kind of got to earn something and we've never earned it. Totally. I mean, I guess last year, our defense, the defense earned it, those but g- the offense didn't earn it. Right. Yes, I agree. It's you got to earn it. You got to be really good at it before you get it taken off your plate Monday through Friday or in the spring or yeah, whatever. Or we, looked at, we looked to protect you a little bit more because right. you've proven it this year. Like, like who on this defense has proven that they don't need to work on tackling? Nobody. 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 And to me, it's just like, well, wow, I'm shocked that then the game comes. They look like a team that haven't tackled in months. They truly uh, look like a team. You maybe missed Buford's first. I did. I heard about it. like he was like. I mean, it would look like it was. I mean, I don't. I mean, it was. It was. Uh, awful. And I don't want to pick on the DBs too much, but like that was, man. Like I didn't realize how much I miss Williams. Williams, Dismute, Cam Taylor, Cam Taylor, Brent. Yeah, it's like once you see the difference. It, uh, you know, with a bunch of. And I'll give them. They're young guys. Right. I don't want to pick on them. Yes. I don't want to like bash anybody because like it's it's a hard game to play it's hard right like hey come down in the open field make it it's not easy but like man like it's just like we are we were bad in a lot of ways but that's what's so frustrating is like one of the things that i thought 
was evident right away. Year one, Frost, after Mike Riley left, was like there was a noticeable, discernible, tangible, visual difference in the physicality and the tackling right away. And it's bizarre to me how all of a sudden that just evaporated overnight. Well, and and last year was the the best we've ever been tackling. And so that's what I'm wondering is that, I mean, we're saying they don't practice enough, but is it just like personnel? Is it a player thing? Maybe, is, whatever is it is. But D, like, are, Is the difference in the DBs that extreme? And I'm, it's that would be surprising if that's that big of a drop-off. I don't know. Just from like, they're good. I mean, they were experienced in like pretty good. Um, I mean, Cam Taylor-Britt's a second-round pick. I mean, so like, okay, like. And Dismuke and Williams had played a lot of football they lot and they football. were, they got lined up right pre-snap and those guys, the one thing those guys could do was hit. They could, yeah. They come, and, they come down and hit you and they, they just knew where to be and I think they got there at, in a timely fashion. I think we're late. So like, we look like we're late coming down and so the, and the holes are bigger. The holes are bigger and we're late. So then these guys are tackling in like, Right. 10 by 10. It's like, yes. have fun. You know, it's just hard. It's hard right. to do. Uh, a couple of things with the defense here, because you're, you're talking about that. One of your former teammates, Brian Wilson. Yes. He tweeted last night. He said, well, <laughs> tweeted last night. He tweeted. He, his tweet was, quote, I've been in this defense's shoes in 2007. And what can happen is guys start trying to do everybody's job and it slides quick. Just got to do your job as someone that was on the 017. Is that I I read that? I was like, that seems like it makes sense because it seems like there's this like everybody's like, oh, what? Do you got that? No way. And then before you know it, no one does any of their jobs. Oh, Nick, that's actually that's a great point by by Wilson, because that's what happens. Like the. When when everybody's not doing it and start like then you you just it's like you it's almost like you panic. Like you panic like I don't think this guy's gonna stay in his gap. So the next time they run that play, I better just go do it. But then they have something that like right. it catches you making that sort of like guess. Right. Um, so oh yeah, I mean that's that's, that's what it seemed battle. like. Um or, or I shouldn't say it seemed I'm not saying that wouldn't see it seemed like let me start over reading that tweet. It made sense. I'm like, Oh, I could see how that would be a thing where like, if you don't, if you, oh. if you don't trust and you try to do someone else's job, it, it, it gets dicey in a hurry. I would say it was a little less of that from what I saw last night. I think that's what happens if it keeps getting worse. Yeah. The Nick Bob podcast is powered by Runza. You know, there are a lot of ways to, to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello. What's up? Another way is what's popping. Well, here's the thing. That greeting has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping is now Runza's new popcorn chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's new popcorn chicken is amazing. Little bite-sized, delicious, all-white meat chicken that make any day better immediately. I love them. My wife loves them. My kids cannot get enough. Two-year-old Mac, six-year-old Mava are constantly wanting to get it popping. Great for a snack, great for a meal. Pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet Earth, and you are set. All I got to say is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza makes it all better. 
Um, yeah, like what are you seeing? Take me to the defensive I'm mind. Like guys what that are is uncertain. happening? Certain. Like to me, it's like if you know the defense and you know what your opponent's going to do, you're just you're anticipating, right? You're going okay if they're going to this. Like I know I have this. Your alignment, your assignment, and you do it quickly, right? And you just execute it. Like the likelihood that they're going to always gash you is it's not big like they can call a good play here or there and that's where the coordinators need to adjust for you but like if you're anticipating and you're quick and everybody's executing like every defense has a weakness but like it's not giving up 50 yard runs each time. it's like you give a five yard out right or like hey we're gonna give the check down right over the middle for yes. five yards but no defense is just like well we can't defend runs and we can't like <laughs> What they were doing, guys. If they take a seventy-five to the house, we'll shake their that's, hands. That's that defense's weakness. That seventy-five to the house. They right? might score a touchdown <laughs> and average thirteen the yards of carry in the of first this defense is We can't stop the run because <laughs> their numbers at halftime, by the way, were like yeah, jarring. Well, they, for, by the, I mean, they started seven for seven on third down. They didn't, they only punted one time, and that was in the middle of the third quarter. And, and I'll, and, I'll say this: I'll give them. Those guys are kind of good. Like their it offense, like it. their offense, the quarterback and receivers were good. Like right. they weren't like significantly worse than our skill yes. guys. I was like, gosh, it, it felt like even. That, that's the thing I still struggle with at times. It's like I watch that game and I'm like, are Georgia Southern's skill guys just as good or better than Nebraska's skill guys? Because they kind of look like they were. They were. Is Georgia Southern's the, the, defensive backs look? Just as good as Nebraska's defense. They probably were. I mean, the, the difference is we should dominate on the lines. Yes. We should. Usually in these situations, if they catch a wave of like good skill guys. Right. Um, it can even out. But usually in these games, it, all it takes is time because our lines will wipe out your lines in a matter of time. You can have a good half. Right. You should never beat us over the course it's of the a great game. Because the great equalizer is yes. like, we're just blowing you off the ball or we're not getting blown off. My guy that's 6'7", 320 versus your guy that's 6'2", 260, like in about two quarters, your guy's going to be tired and he's yes. going to be done and he's going to make mistakes. That's what happens with big teams, good teams versus like the smaller you know, the smaller school teams, yes. you just don't have the the big horses. And it just felt like they could pass rush as good as we could. That's what Nebraska, times. zero sacks. I don't know what even TFLs they had. They couldn't have had more than two. Uh, so no havoc, no pressure. I mean, it was like, I don't know what you would even say. Like, they at least did this. It was nothing. Defensively, I mean, nothing. Almost we, nothing. We, You go through, there's been a lot of historically wow defensive performances over the, over the course of the last 20 years. And again, this one, from a yardage standpoint, is the worst of them all. Well, I, I you know, I, I, I try not to be too hard on anybody just because, like, I know, like, these, yeah. these people work hard. Like, yeah. these guys, they spend a lot of hours doing this. But, you know, I, I thought that was the worst uh, game plan that I had seen from our defense, like just in terms of yeah. like, here's the plan and here's our execution of it. And I was like, it, it felt like we, like you said, you said we got schooled. Like I it's felt it like, like we got schooled and it doesn't usually feel that much. It usually feels like, man, like sometimes they can, you know, it feels like we're getting pushed around or something. Uh, 
or, you know, somebody makes great plays on us, but man, it felt like we were getting schooled. So I kind of, I interrupted you a little bit. Like, uh, can you talk about like understanding your assignment and anticipating and making it happen quick? Like, yeah. What it like, are they capable of doing that? Are they not capable? What else at are you point, seeing? Like at this point, I mean, it's like, it's hard to be like, they're going to figure it out. But like, I don't know. I just defenses that are good. Like they're always thinking one step ahead and they, they, they never want to make something hard. Right. So like you usually have checks, right. Checks of like, you know, first out, first in, first up, or like, let's just, you know, you go into this gap D lineman in front of me. So I don't have to, you know, cover some hard blocking scheme. Like do the things to make it easy. Like you shouldn't do things that are hard. Like that's, that was a lesson that like, as you get older, you learn, I was actually talking to Stu Bradley about this, you know, Stu, mm-hmm. Stu, uh, played years in the NFL. And he, you know, he said that was a, something that became very obvious when he got to the league was like, look, don't do anything that's hard. If it's hard, don't do it. Like right. do this. Cause it's easy. Like you should never have to do something that like your talent level can't do. Right. And so that's, that's something that like, I would love to see is like, Hey, like let's have some checks. Let's have some things that we can just play fast, execute easily. That's not going to put our guys in a, in a stressful, like, unwinnable situation so yeah. i don't know i mean we don't know unless we're in the in those right. rooms i, I have no it. idea and i don't i'm not one of those people that pretends to know defensive schemes well enough to know i see what i'm seeing i see defensive tackles i see safeties and corners that don't look like they have clear understanding of like it's, i know what i got right now it still seems like the communication issue is prevalent it yeah. still seems like guys are scrambling as the ball's getting snapped and and the reality is it's not just one we're picking on the dbs but the d line's getting blown up the linebackers haven't played well i think henrich's injury not that henrich is you know the second coming of ray lewis coming back in this thing the but guy that keeps people in the correct you know, I get checks. the sense he's the smartest guy. He's yes. going to be able to communicate, get guys lined up. Yes. And with him not on the field, I think Ernest Hausman's got potential, but you were once Ernest Hausman. It's like he's just his not probably big, right? ready yeah. to to he's doing the best he can given his age he, and what's he, being he, asked. I mean, he's he amazing he's out, out there. there. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's been a perfect storm of that. But the reality is nobody's playing well. Like the no. D-line, the linebackers, the secondary, it's like, you name it, they're not playing well. Yeah, and I always like, you know, I always am a little biased because I'm a linebacker, but like if your D-tackles yes. are not playing well, it's just Life's a, hard. It's a, it's a hard year for you. If, you're, if you just are like, if they're, they're reaching those guys and then you got to make the decision. Am I going to do my job or let us get gashed? It, that, that you're talking about do your job like when when people are getting reached or when people like aren't making it easy for you then there comes these gray right. areas and these linebackers you can tell right now are like they don't know where they're going because the d line right is getting is getting is pushed getting around and, get, and, and all of a sudden not, the tackles on you at the second level and, yeah, and, and constricting holes so some like everybody's got a gap right but like sometimes like when your team's not good enough Sometimes you're in your gap, but the hole is so big. Like that was one thing I learned. Like in 07, we would have these gaping holes. And, and even like, I'm in my gap. And you're like, well, doesn't matter. Squeeze the gap. You yes. know, the gap needs to disappear. Because there were times so last they come night through. Yeah, like where the gap's too big. Well, uh the one seventy yard run down to the one uh 
I mean, that was an enormous hole, and he basically didn't get touched until he got down to the one. And then you missed the first touchdown. I'm sure you saw the replay of it. Homeboy, it was a draw on third and 10, and nobody touched him. So it's like last night there were these gaping holes that – but here – okay, so – with the defense, though, real quick, because here's something that that as someone that has been a Chenander and defense defender over the years, it bothers me how the conversation sits right now when you write the book on the Frost era, because sometimes we're only we we have such short memories that we only yeah. like the last memory is the one that we paint for everything. Yeah. And the defense. Over the course of the Frost era is the one thing that has gotten consistently better and improved every single year. And quite frankly, in my opinion, the defense is the only reason that Frost got a year five. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is that the defense now is probably the reason that Frost has gotten removed in year five. So there's a little bit of irony in there. Alanis yeah. Morissette needs to write it. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? <laughs> Our defense was bad, don't you think? It's like getting a year five because of the black shits. It's getting fired because the black shits suck. Isn't it ironic? That's what it is. Like, it seriously, it was Alanis Morissette ironic part two, 2022, is the black shirts. It's like the black shirts got them to yeah. this point, and then ended it a little bit I'm trying to think of a funny uh lance morris said line it's, it's, <laughs> it's oh man there's i mean there's an old man turned 98 won the lottery yeah. but died the next day that's that's what it is yeah. that's what it is it's meeting the man of your dreams and meeting his beautiful oh, wife <laughs> Like but that's thousand spoons, but all you need is a knife. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is, though. There's a, there's the irony of the moment, because right now the 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 prevailing thought is like it was the defense that that screwed everything up. It's like technically that's true. But let me look into this camera right here and tell you one thing for everybody. Yeah. Scott Frost was fired. And the reason his era didn't work was because his offense blew it his offense didn't work for too long for too many years it did not work it did not work yeah this was supposed to be an offensive led program so i'm just saying don't get it twisted it's funny the the the, it was if we're if we're gonna play the blame game and we're handing out blame pie for people i am heaping more blame pie on frost and the offense and all of that than I am on the defense. Yeah, it's it's funny. Now, if you were to combine last year's black shirts with this offense, like you'd have a decent little team. But that's it. We just we can never put it together. Like we can never put together complete games. Complete games. Offense, defense, special teams for four quarters. Just doesn't happen. Because special teams it. was fine last night. Offense was fine last night. Defense let down. There were times where the defense was great. The offense was okay. Special teams let them down. There were times, you know, like it's just never, you're right. There's never been a whole three phases put together. It just, we just need, we need to become a team that plays complete games. Even if it's not sexy, 
doesn't matter. We got to play complete games. We got to have a strategy. We got to have a, a a way of doing things that puts us in a position to win. And I th- I seriously think it's it's O in defensive lines. And if you can run the ball, great. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying you have to be a running right. tech, but you gotta you gotta be in the trenches. You gotta be dominant. And we just we've been wishy washy there. And I don't know. Just play sound, tough football. Be good in the trenches. Let's start from there. You see, Teddy Pino ass down, got hurt. Oh yeah, he, he had a rough game too. Man, he's. A, a D, I don't want to call him out too much, but like a DB bull rushed him on a yeah. corner blitz, and I just wanted to be like, why don't you just pin, pound that guy? And Teddy Pino, you know your name, Teddy Pino ass down. Teddy Pino ass down. You should pin his ass down. Right. right? Live up to your name. And I think, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's like he's thinking about, like, just go kill him. Like, right. you're six nine, Pound him. Right. <laughs> like, he's, he has gotten pounded. What's weird is when he's gotten beat on rushes, you would think it was, like, guys, like, speed rush, speed rush him, got outside. Inside. What it's been is he's gotten, like, blown up. He gets, like, too, like, soft on these inside he, moves. Well, he doesn't appear to me to... Now, you would think there's just a non-negotiable level of just humanity that even if he doesn't have a good base, that it would still be hard to move. But he doesn't seem like he's sturdy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he's really straight up and down. I mean, Nick, and, but the thing that I don't, maybe he doesn't even realize is that dude's 5'10", 170 pounds. Like, all you got to do is decide. You decide. <laughs> right, right. You're going to pin his ass down. Right. Pick your ass down. Yeah. Like, it's just physics. Like you'll smash him and there's nothing he can do. Like maybe you'll miss. Right. He can juke you. But if you want to and you get him, if you touch him, there's nothing he can do. Right. And you, he kind of let this guy put an up and under and like push him. And right. I was like even the North Dakota guy that, the that was the set. The he's a little guy. Fumble. Like he's a little guy. guy. Just like he's blew up Teddy P because he's he's, he's like, playing. He's thinking too much about his set and his form and. It's like, look, this guy is daring. If he's gonna dare go in on you, you gotta make him pay, right? Well, or, uh, yeah, not to, don't get blown back was, a couple of I, yards. I remember, like when I like the times I would pass rush, like the the, the only hope you had against a big tackle was that they were gonna miss you, right? You but know, they got their get hands off balance, on you. yeah. Like, but like if you tried to bull rush and you just didn't have like near this, like I didn't have near the size to bull rush a tackle, but like. You know, it's like you, sh- you really shouldn't feel like hitting a brick wall. You should be like, oh, shit. You know, yes. like, what are you going to do? Right. But the offense, though, I mean, it's unfortunate. Like, I mean, Casey Thompson is a pretty good player, man. And he was clutch last night. That 15 play drive, he made some big throws. He punches it in. He made some good runs. Like, he's. He, he's he tough. Looks, he looks tough. Right. He's smart. He makes good decisions yes. under pressure. I mean, like in some ways he is, it's weird. Is he more overall talented than Martinez? If you're just like, maybe not, but like like him more. I think I would rather have Casey Thompson as my quarterback than Adrian Martinez. I know I would. I'm telling you right now, it's good. I've gotten three games of Casey and I've seen enough to go in the clutch in, in his third down play is the difference. Like Martinez does a lot of good things on first and second down between the twenties. Casey Thompson is good on third and long, right? And throwing like the ball all over the field and in the clutch, I think he's good. Yeah, I mean he came through on the on the long ninety eight yard drive, and then even on the 
drive to give a, a bleak road a chance yes. at a field goal. He did a good job. I just feel like Martinez always struggled in those he moments. He never, Martinez never even got, like the, there's even the last little drive that got an opportunity for a field goal. Martinez never could do that. Not if he, if he didn't have like multiple minutes, like Casey Thompson, what he had, 30 seconds? He had 30 seconds and two timeouts and marched him. Marched By the way, Trey Palmer, almost, like trying to get an extra yard, almost like, Ooh. Ooh, I was close. Yeah, I was looking. At it. I I thought could he have just turned and gotten up the field faster? But I also think no, it wouldn't have made that much a difference because there almost wasn't enough time to run the quick like a quick out. Right. So like that's nitpicky, but I always just love the situations and like what's the 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 right move. I think what Trey Palmer did was it wouldn't have made a difference if he would have just turned up because in the end it's like you get two or three yards. That guy shanked it. It wouldn't have mattered. Well, and by the way, uh. Little note for the people that were watching on TV. What ended up being an important five seconds was, did you see when Clay Helton was letting the clock run down? Oh God, he yeah. tried to tell the ref he was, this was like, he was time out at it, one. I want a timeout at one. And the ref immediately stopped the clock. Your timeout and he went, oh my God. And so it ended up that, that five seconds, like if, if that field goal goes in and they lose an OT, if you're Clay Helton, you're like, oh my God, a ref not hearing me and saying, I want a timeout at one second on the clock would have, potentially lost in the game. See the here nor there, but Casey Thompson is Anthony if Grant. You, if you if you're looking for any optimism on this season that Nebraska might be able to make some noise, make make things interesting, it's Casey Thompson, it's Anthony Grant, and then you know Palmer, Washington get Vokalek back like those that picture's pretty good. Yeah. Even little AJ Allen, he he ran tough. Yeah. Like it's it's funny that like we're we're seeing these running backs now make moves and break tackles and we went, oh yeah, that's right. We didn't get to see that for four years. For four years, you saw dashes of it with Maurice Washington. Every once in a while, he would kind of, you know, like house call, yeah, yeah, like AI cross a guy over. And <laughs> but other than that, they've not or or the few times that Wandale would have to get called in to call, you know, to to run the ball like you finally are seeing two backs that actually like i mean even there was one grant something making a guy miss grant knocked a guy out of the game he's a good player like he he's three games in a row with over 100 yards yes. like th this is something that you know like i'm excited about our offense all of a sudden but now the defense decides that like they they're gonna forget how to play it's frustrating it is it, it's it's really really frustrating um all right, are, you, are you ready for some wine? Should we I have some wine? Do you want? Do you want to take a teeny weeny little break? So this will kind of wrap up this pod, whatever yes. this pod was. The re that we, the, recap, I mean, we kind of recap the we game. Recap. We recap Tres press conference. In we'll we'll wrap this up. We're gonna pour some wine. We're gonna get right into the wine pod here, where we're gonna get more. In, I got a bunch of we we haven't we didn't even really get into frost and like why this didn't work. Yeah, so we got to get into some into frost. I'm gonna kind of bare my soul with a few things. So we'll do that, and then we'll listen to a latest more said ironic too. We'll do that, okay? Well, what's your what was your line? I don't know. <laughs> the, 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 the black the shirts get you a year five. <laughs> the black shirts cost you in year five. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? There you go. Right? Pretty good. There we go. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to say anymore. We're done. Okay. A Media Production.